three, two, one, cue my theme song. I, Professor Burkhead, took some old spare parts and built a new machine to reveal just what is in our hearts, to connect with animals and people and bridge that great divide. I had to keep my work a secret, so in space I would reside. I fueled my rocket, I took a flyer, and on my space station, I built the unifier. Now it's a perfect fit for both ostriches and pilots. It'll be nice to have a change from all this boring silence. So let's liven up the place and get ourselves a pair. Cause this is the time. Yeah, baby, it's the brew. Cause this is the place where I say it's nice to meet you. Ah, ah, now that's a theme song. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast. And especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed, the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. Oh, Unifier, you know what this might be the perfect day for? It's a unification! Let's have two more test subjects, if you please! Unifier operational. Aha, now that's a pair of subjects. Welcome aboard. Hello? Uh, Taylor, translator, please. Yes, you're aboard by Laboratory slash Space Station, also known as the Unifier. Space Station, you say? This is really small. Okay, what I'm going to tell you is just, like, turn around a little, sort of back into the space that you're in. There's going to be a little more room to move around. Okay, okay, okay. Did you say we're in space right now? I'm in space with an ostrich. Uh, yeah, no, you pretty much got it there. If you take a look out the window, as you can see, that's Earth below us. You know, technically we're in low Earth orbit, but uh, I think for all intents and purposes we can call that space. I'm just going to seal the two of you inside this chamber here. And can you see me up here in the observation booth? I feel like I'm looking right at you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. I am Professor Jameson Burkhead. Uh, this, of course, is the Unifier. And the two of you have been selected from the service of planet Earth to participate in the greatest scientific experiment in human history. So uh, thank you both for uh, joining us up here. What an honor. Indeed. Is this a NASA craft up here, or is it, uh... No, I think you'll find this is a bit more advanced than any craft that NASA's managed to put uh, in low Earth orbit, so... Oh. So we're flying right now? Indeed, yes, we are. Oh, that's exciting. Well, for you, yes, I, I imagine it would be. Uh, you know, we're, we, we are flying, but, uh, you know, we're, we're more sort of more floating. I, I, I'm still going to tell my friends. Yeah, if you want to say flying... I, you're, you're honestly not that far off base. Thank you. <laughs> well, why don't we get to know one another? Uh, you on the left. Uh, why don't you tell us who you are and where you're from? Animal. Introduction. Hi. Well, uh, my friends call me Sandy. It's just funny. I, I tend to kick up a lot of sand when I run. Sure, sure. I uh, live in Africa. I'm an ostrich. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, wonderful to have you here, Sandy the ostrich. Uh, and you on the right. Why don't you tell us who you are and where you're from? Human. Introduction. 
Yes, hello. Captain Colin Mitchum. I'm an uh, airline pilot for Delta Airlines, mostly traveling transatlantic New York City to London. Ooh, quite a route. It's a living. It's what I always wanted to do, even as a little boy. Uh, sorry, so uh, your job, you fly. Yes, that's right. I'm an airline pilot. Actually, uh, why don't you tell us what's a regular day like for an airman like yourself? Uh, well, you know, the flight from John F. Kennedy Airport to London, he throws about a seven-hour, 20-minute uh, flight. So uh, I settle in with my co-pilot. You might call it a co-pilot, but we're both captains, actually. So there's not a sort of a senior captain or a junior captain. You're both just captains. Yes, yes, both captains. Oh, that's nice. We we have um, hierarchy in our herds. There's a one man who competes for control, and then uh, he gets and he gets a main hen, and then all the other hens are just sort of there. Seems stressful. Or do you prefer the structure? I like it. I don't like making too many decisions, so I just hang out with my herd. Mm, the will of the flock. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the dominant hen. I don't know if you can tell from my personality. And that's fine. I understand what you're saying about decision-making. A lot of people think as a pilot, I'm up in the cockpit pressing buttons, making decisions, deciding where to go. But the actual flying is something that is largely uh, the same from flight to flight. And indeed, on uh, major jetliners, uh, uh, automated. So, Captain Colin Mitchum, you're saying the flight from New York to London is already being handled by the plane itself? Well, it's an issue of safety, Professor. Honestly, you know, if it was up to just one or two people up in the cockpit to make sure that several hundred people got to uh, their destinations safely, uh, it might be a little risky. Takeoff and landing is more about the captains making sure that everything on the checklist is going as planned, rather than, uh, you know, steering the plane up and down through the air. I suppose that makes a lot of sense. Why not have two sets of eyes on everything as opposed to just one? So, Sandy the Ostrich, uh, let me bounce this question back to you. What's a regular day like in the life of a part of an ostrich herd? So I'm not I'm not the main female, the, the dominant hen, so to speak. So I just um, hang out uh, eating lots of vegetables, sort of grazing from, you know, there's succulents and grasses and, and sometimes even the little insects and mice that, that get scattered about after the zebras have been grazing. And then, uh, and, and during breeding season, I, I will lay an egg every now and then lay uh, i can proudly say i lay specifically myself personally about a, a 12 a year okay so sort of like an egg a month yeah just about i mean that dominant hen well she just pops them out she can do a little bit more than that and then we just lay them a, a, uh, sort of around in a circle around she she takes up the center and then our eggs kind of go around i see and that's sort of your nest yeah yeah and then we all protect that and uh and make sure they're doing well. So you're mostly tending to the eggs, or do you get to roam around the savanna a bit? Uh, you know, I feel like I've heard that ostriches are pretty fast land animals. Well, you know, I can run continuously at a speed of about 30 to 37 miles per hour. My! And if I'm sprinting, that can get up to 43 miles per hour. Can, can I ask you how fast your planes go? cruising speed of the Boeing 767-400ER is uh, 517 miles per hour. Now, of course, depending on what direction you're going, uh, that might mean uh, your flight uh, is a little longer, a little shorter, because you're uh, you're going with the uh, direction of the jet stream. Ah, of course. Why don't we deactivate the suspension fields here so that the two of you may interact with each other physically, uh, if you so desire. Deactivating force field. You know, I've been admiring your plumage since uh, we were teleported up here, so this is... A, do you mind? No, Doug, go for it. It's, a, it's one of my proudest features. Oh, wow, very nice. These long feathers. Wow. Sandy, I, I can't deny they're incredible. 
Yep, I'm a, I'm a brunette, like all the ladies. Uh, yeah, most ostriches probably, right? Well, the men tend to have uh, the black and white, and the females are they got these nice brown feathers. I was going to say, as like when I think of an ostrich, I think I think I'm thinking of a black and white bird. But that's you're just saying that's a male ostrich. And we understand that the men are still gonna take up a lot of the photos there, but uh, well, sure, but you you know that's also you know perhaps bias. Yeah, it's it's something we're trying to work through in the ostrich community. I hope that there are more uh, uh, ladies that get their pictures taken. Conversely, you know, Captain. Colin Mitchum, there's probably not all that many female airline pilots. You know, I'm so glad you uh, brought that up. I, I agree. I think there should be more. And in fact, you know, in the last few years, the, the path to becoming an airline pilot is branching out. There are many, many different ways to become an airline pilot. It used to be you'd go through the Air Force, you'd get your pilot's license, and you'd, uh, you'd look for a job. That sort of explains why there were so many male pilots. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm glad to hear it's becoming more equitable in the piloting world. And speaking of equity, Sandy, now that I see you next to him, you're as tall, if not even taller than Captain Colin Mitchell. Well, we are the tallest birds, uh, and really, our sternums are flat. And and for birds that fly, they have to be shaped a little uh, more like a a, a ship, probably a little bit like those aeroplanes that you're flying. Hmm, Fascinating. Uh, Why don't we move to the next phase of the experiment? This is the introduction of a random object, a.k.a. the IRO. Uh, Taylor? Gonna go ahead and drop in the IRO. Introduction of random objects. Oh, recognize this. Sorry, I don't uh, uh Do you mind if I just sort of poke at that with my beak? Oh yes, yes. Oh, that that's soft. Yeah, it's a neck pillow. Which part of their neck? Yeah, I, I think, Sandy, for you, this might not be as functional an object, but uh, Captain Colin Mitchum, if you want to maybe demonstrate. Yeah, see, it sort of goes around your whole neck like this. Oh, well, I sure would like one of those. It would have to be just a little bit bigger for me. No, that doesn't really, yeah. Maybe, uh, Captain Kyle mentioned if you put it on the floor, Sandy could sort of kneel on it. Yeah, it could be, or it could be an egg catcher. Oh, that's nice. That would, you know, it, it might almost fit one of my eggs. They're about three pounds when they're full size. But that, yeah, you just put that right in there. That'd be nice and protective for it. And kept warm by the padding on the pillow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. I don't want to poke at it too much. I'm afraid to break it. I mean, my, my talons and my beak are pretty sharp. Oh, yeah. I have a question for you, Sandy. Speaking of neck pillows, how does an ostrich sleep? Do you stand? Do you lie? Do you sort of uh, nestle? Uh, you know, do you kind of crouch down or do you lie flat? No, we just sort of, uh, you know, uh, if, I don't know if you've seen other birds sleep. They curl up their, their legs right under them and just sort of plop down on the ground. I mean, it's very similar to how I, I might uh, be if uh, if I'm protecting my, my nest. If someone's coming and I don't want them to see me, I sort of just, I sort of lay down on the ground and then I lay my neck, my full neck, just down on the ground so they can't see me. Mm. Oh, and then you'll stick your head under the sand if you don't want to be seen. No, 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 I, would, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, sometimes I will sort of bury my head into the sand really quickly to check on the eggs that are there, just make sure that they're okay, but, but I don't know. You're telling me you don't bury your head at all? That's not a thing ostriches do. Oh, no, no, that's an urban myth. We, we have to be very alert uh, for the predators, and, and, you know, a lot of uh, people talk about that fight or flight syndrome. Well, well ostriches, we, we, we flight first, but, but obviously not flying, you know, but we, we, we run, we run really fast, and, and if the predators still catch up to us, then we kick them. This pack's a this pack's a kick. That myth of ostriches burying their head in the sand, I feel like I still sort of thought that was true. I think people have seen us sometimes checking on our eggs, you know, uh, looking down down in, into the ground, and, and then they think that we're just, and it, it's happening a lot of times when there is danger, so they think we're just hiding our heads, but but really we're just checking on our on our little ones there. So you're not avoiding your problem. 
No, we we like to joke that that's what the other birds do. They're just up there flying in the sky with their heads in the clouds. So ostriches, we're, we're grounded. You might say that an ostrich uh, is, on average, more likely to confront their problems than uh, any other bird. We confront them head on. <laughs> a bird that might uh, take off when you approach. That's the real uh, avoidance issue. Yeah. Connection. Building. I have to say, our unification level is at a very respectable, you know... 84%, but uh, we will need to do something further if we are to uh, fully unify. Professor, I, th- I think I know what you're getting at here. By uh, Sandy, I feel like I've learned so much about you and ostrich kind, about the pecking order and the coloration of your plumage. Thank you for that. But I, too, really enjoyed hearing about your ER-767 metal bird. Close. Very close. I wish I could bring you on one of my planes so you could experience flight the way other birds do. Okay, this may be a little risky, but I'm going to dip the unifier down into a lower Earth orbit just above the African savannah. (gasps) Professor, if you descend at an accelerating rate of roughly 16 meters per second per second, we can actually experience the weightlessness of flying ourselves, and perhaps Sandy will understand what it's truly like to be free. Well, I mean, this is very dangerous for the unifier, but if we must to achieve unification, we will. Okay. All right, Captain Collin, please prepare us for the descent. Okay, I'm ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Captain Colin Mitchell up here in the uh, unifier. Oh, uh, Captain Collin, we're approaching the savannah. If you look out onto the right side of the aircraft, you'll see the uh, African savannah quickly approaching. Please enjoy this feeling of weightlessness as we approach the ground. Dad! Nancy! Mom! Can you see me? Taylor, we need to bring the unifier back up. (laughs) Unification complete. Well, with that dip into Earth's atmosphere, we've achieved a full unification. Congratulations to you both. (laughs) That was, I mean, I will never forget that. Professor, you've got a a knack for flying this uh, hunk of junk. (laughs) Oh, come on, get out of here. Well, I commend you both uh, for your unification efforts. Uh, however, upon achieving unification, you will be returned to Earth in about 20 seconds. So if you have anything to say to one another, I would do it now. Uh, is there a duty-free shop on the ship before we uh, disembark? No, there no? is. I'm oh, so sorry. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, Sandy, Unifier this has been down. enlightening. Safety a pleasure. Yeah, the pleasure was all mine. That was really something. I mean, I've got to tell all my friends. Unifier the dominant hand better watch down. out, because <laughs> she's never flown. Well, uh, I hope you'll be all right with being returned to the surface of the Earth Unifier before our time down. is through. Farewell to you both. <laughs> wow, Taylor. We saw an ostrich fly. That's not how that usually works. Cause this is the time Yeah, maybe it's the groove Cause this is the place where I say It's nice to be That was pretty cool I know they weren't actually flying flying But I mean, you know, at a certain point, what's the difference? Oh, you're just splitting hairs now, Taylor Hi, it's me, Jess This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. 
If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.